If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Courtney. Hi guys. I feel I feel annoying today, so I apologize to anybody. I feel bitchy. Yeah, we're yeah. This is that day where like you're gonna have to remember that we're all very good friends. (laughs) And we always forgive our very good friends. So you guys have to forgive us for being a cranky bitch and an annoying bitch. And and Courtney's perfectly fine. <laughs> I know. Oh uh, yes, I'm not complaining at all. But I'm on lots of medication for my back. Yes. So. <laughs> Courtney She's is drugged. Me, keeping me chill. Yeah. We also. Chill. We, we also. Did, we also just did shots just to get our energy up. <laughs> so. God. Oh, this is what you get. This is what you get for following (laughs) these old people talking on the radio, on the internet radio. On the the internet radio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love y'all. I just gotta say, I love y'all so much. This feels good now. Yes. Okay, good. We need to get up for now because I've got a bummer of a story later. I apologize in advance to everybody. That's all right. It is, I mean, man, it is strange. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to take a deep gulp of this vodka. And Courtney will tell us about our drink Uh, while we chug it. Actually, I'm uh, posting it right now on Instagram on the Strange South podcast page it's an italian greyhound winter cocktail so this goes out to mary and amalfi yay Hi, my her little Hi, dog mary. who's an italian greyhound and it is uh, vodka fresh squeezed grapefruit juice from our new juicer hell yeah uh, yes. <laughs> uh, with some campari and um and rosemary from mm. from patrice here, yeah. fresh rosemary. Fresh rosemary makes good. everything it smells better. Yeah, so it's a winter cocktail Italian greyhound. Is, I could literally like drink these until I fall asleep. It's good. And <laughs> it's, so not a like. We're just gonna food. hope that we don't do that um, until two hours from now. Right. <laughs> and if you are seeing this way before you hear the podcast, then. We are just kind of wonky with our posting a podcast and everything. Oh, so. yeah. It's been it's been an interesting beginning of the year for everybody. So we've been kind We're of... We're still trying to find our groove. Forgive. Yes. And since share we don't, the love. Share the love. We usually try to do it like on a Saturday and... We're just not going to tell you when we're going to do it. It's going to be a surprise. Mm-hmm. It'll be your weekly surprise. It'll be your weekly surprise um, for this semester until we can get our shit together. And by we, I'm talking about me. Well, you're talking about we because I'm trying to get my <laughs> hands on the the sound program that I could, you know, if I get it, I can help with sound no, stuff. But no worries. No worries. Patrice it's, is like, don't touch my sound stuff. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> We'll be fine. We yep. don't have any kind of executive producer yelling at us yet, so Mm-mm, we're good. No. We the boss. But you know, if you're good at anything and you really <laughs> like us and have time to spare, you know, <laughs> anything at all. If you're good at anything that could be useful to us and you like us and you have time to spare, and you like free, you're welcome to hit us up and let us know how much time you have, and we'll certainly make use of your skills. Right. Oh my goodness. So. I wanted to talk about this a little bit. I, when did I do this? I can't remember. At some point last week, either I stayed at really, really late or either Friday on my day off, I binged watched this. I think I've been binge watching it off and on, like when I cook, like anytime that I can like get my little headphones and my TV set up because I can't blare it out because, um, You know, I have young child, so I can't, like, watch adult shows, like, big screen with sound on and everything. And there's all these shows that's come out that I'm like, fuck. I start to, you know, play it, and then, you know, he comes bebopping in, like, right during the sex scene. And I'm just like, oh, I just can't do this. (laughs) Um, 
So I started watching Dirty John. Have y'all watched Dirty John? No, we listened to the podcast. Did you listen to the podcast? Okay, Mm -hmm. I haven't listened to the podcast. So I didn't know what it was about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew that Dirty John was pretty, like, in, like, the podcast. Oh, sorry. I have (laughs) things going. Oh, Patrice is in demand. I just, like, it doesn't know it's a holiday. (laughs) Um, So I haven't, you know... I didn't really know what the podcast was, but I knew that I was getting a lot of play on air and people were talking about it a lot. Um, I was just kind of like out in outer space, which is usually how I am when new things come about. I don't talk about them <laughs> until they're like way old and everybody's like big duh, Patrice. That was so like eight months ago. <laughs> so I finally watched Dirty John all the way through And then at the very end, this is how slow I am, y'all. I didn't fucking realize it was like a real life thing. Yeah. So at the end, it finally clicked for me. And I was like, holy fuck. Mm -hmm. Because right towards the end, I'm going to try not to spoil for anybody that's maybe like me and hasn't seen it yet or heard about it or know what it's about. At the end of the series where it was like Eric Bana and... um, Who's the woman from Nashville? The woman from, from Nashville um, and from, is it Lori uh, American Horror no. Story. No, 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 no. Right. right. Connie, Connie Britton. Connie, Connie Britton. Britton. Yes. Um, <laughs> at her daughters, the, the the actresses who play her daughters, and what happened at the end. I'm not usually very dramatic when I watch any kind of show. Like I don't talk to the TV. I don't mm-hmm. yell at it or anything like that. I was by myself, mm-hmm. and there was a thing that one of her daughters did, and I was fucking screaming. Yeah. I, I was like. Yeah, you motherfucker! I was like, you bad fucking bitch! Like, get up! Like, yep. okay. So there's I that know moment. What you're talking about? There is that moment, and it is so badass, and I was not expecting it because, again, mm-hmm. I had no preconceived notion. But uh, I was all up in that TV's face, just yelling and cheering, <laughs> and just absolutely like her daughters are my heroes <laughs> they are yeah, they, such they, they're interviewed on the podcast yeah so it's them it's yeah. funny to hear her voice and <gasps> i was gonna say on the podcast no. she is He's very timid yes well no well that's how she shy. plays in the in the thing i mean mm-hmm. they like nailed like she connie nailed mm-hmm. the mother's voice like because i when she was playing her and i was like what is she doing mm-hmm. but then i heard an interview yep. afterwards because i started looking it up because i was like fuck is this real kind of deal and i was like oh this is what i mean i'm really really i'm just like behind the top <laughs> under a rock i live under a rock <laughs> and uh so i was like holy fuck it's like she nailed her connie nailed her and the the daughters perfect they like really got like the overall like uh just feel of the people mm-hmm. and like how they are um perceived by others oh it was so good. We binged that podcast on a trip, mm-hmm. I think, oh, wow. and did the whole thing on on one trip. And it was funny because we didn't love it at first, but we were like, for some reason, we keep on wanting to listen. And we just like kept on and kept on and we got so just into it. But... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Little Miss back surgery over here has not been like. It's not that no dirty no dirty John's death. I'm talking. I'm thinking about Doctor Death. Oh yeah, that's the one I'm Dr. thinking about. Oh. Dirty John is different. Yeah. but, but we is, did. Binge. He is a doctor. Yes, he. Well, no, he pretended. Right, so he plays one on. There's a TV. crossover though because it's you know it's. Mm-hmm. And, and well, Dr. Death, he is a doctor, but he's actually, not a good doctor. <laughs> so I'm wondering too, I think they were like advertising Dr. Death at the end of yeah, Dirty John. Yeah, they probably were. But I, um, I think they're both Wondery. just an excuse for my podcast. Oh, they're both Wondery podcasts? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, Dirty John, getting to oh. the end of that, that like that oh last gosh. episode. That last, oh, it's worth it. Like, so if you start it and you're just like, because I, I too was like, I started it and I was like, why is she talking like that? Yeah. Yes. She's a little bit ditzy and yes. I don't know if I can yes. she handle Kelly. this. Yeah, like Very Kelly. Oh, but the daughter, <laughs> like her eldest daughter who mm-hmm. was just not buying anybody's bullshit. Whoa. She's... She that cra- oh, what cracks me up. Oh my god! Grace and Frankie just came out again. Like the new season of Grace yes. and Frankie started this past week, and we <laughs> and so I remember when we were listening to Dirty John, mm-hmm. the older daughter always reminded me of Brianna from Grace yeah. and Frankie yeah. because she's, she's just not like- buying anybody's bullshit at all. And I was just like, God, to be like that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I I love 
I loved the end. I loved the daughters. That was a horrible thing, but holy fuck. They like, they, that was just wow. Sorry. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's a crazy ending. For it sure. is a crazy uh-huh. ending. I was not expecting that. And I was so glad. Um, so speaking of blood sucking monsters, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about John and just how he just kind of mm. leached onto mm-hmm. the, you know, the different mm-hmm. women in his life kind of deal. Um, and I mean, and that's not really a spoiler. You get very quick that he's a con man. Um, yeah. in the movie. But I was flipping through some books and, you know, I have come across this little, um, this subject matter that I'm just going to talk about. And I've always kind of poo-pooed it. I was just like, God, I don't want to do that. That's just poo-poo, poo-poo to you. Um, but I'm doing it because I actually like read up on it this weekend and had no idea how new it was. Hmm. And um, I am doing the Chupacabra. <gasps> Ooh. So, Abby was just telling me about the Chupacabra oh, a couple days ago. Good. good, good, good. So there's these little monsters that people believe, um, and this story is is more Florida focused mm-hmm. um, uh, that I was reading about. But they believe that there's these little monsters that maybe come out of the Everglades, and they wait for you to open your door and or let your cat out or let your dog out. And as soon as you do, they like come and grab the cat or their dog and, um, you know, take off with them. So these, there's these little stories like this. And one of the um, what got me into it is because I was reading Haunted Florida by Catherine Lauer. And she has a little thing on the chupacabra. And it was kind of like surprised me because, again, my own just not really paying attention to the chupacabra because um, I thought it was old. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an old legend. I thought it was just the little like monster down in Mexico kind of thing. I didn't realize that it was it came up into the south. Yeah, because I, I like always looked at it as originally like as a southwest Right, Arizona. Yeah, I think desert. I think yeah, New Mexico, arid kind of um, landscape. For some reason, I don't know, but maybe it's because it's called chupacabra. So we all just kind of assumed that it was something to do with the Mexican border, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So you don't know. So you hear that word, and you like you hear goat sucker and Mm -hmm. and all the things. (laughs) Goat sucker. Goat sucker. and I just really haven't looked into it. So if you have, and you know all about it, I'm sorry, I'm just going to tell you again about <laughs> it. But if you haven't, like me, and just totally clueless, I haven't paid much attention to it. It's a little vicious animal with intense red eyes. Uh, it can cause carnage and terror and destruction um, that's far greater than its like small kind of uh, physical stature. And um, they have, like, a reputation for just waiting for the right moment to attack. And there's been witnesses. um, There's a lot of witnesses for the chupacabras. Uh, They say that sometimes it can resemble a kangaroo and that it hops around. And they've also said that it lived under high-voltage lines, um, kind of like the Bigfoot Mm -hmm. highway kind of deal. They are gray in color and possess a phenomenal jumping ability. They say, however, unlike kangaroos, they have, like, sharp razor quills that protrude from its spine. And they always mention the glowing eyes and pointed tongue and fangs and um, just kind of webby arm-like appearances kind of deal like almost kind of like a creature from the lagoon but mm-hmm. pint size and see spiky. i've always heard coyotes i've always heard that chupacabra were like coyotes so that's different but like maybe the maybe the southwestern version of this is more coyote than i'm gonna get to that oh. i am gonna get to that so the origin and this is what really floored me and this is what grabbed my interest because i read this passage and then i'm like i was like bullshit it's been around <laughs> longer than that but the first reported attack um was attributed to a creature that occurred in march 1995 oh that was the first chupacabra Mm. event that we know of it happened in puerto rico eight sheep were discovered dead with three puncture wounds in the chest area and completely drained of blood 
a few months later in August, an eyewitness named um, Madeline uh, Tolinto. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tolentino. Tolentino. Madeline Tolentino uh, reported seeing the creature in the Puerto Rican town of. I can't fucking pronounce that when as many as like 150 farm animals and pets were reportedly killed. So Puerto Rico, like in 1995, I was out of college and in the workforce for Mm -hmm. sure. No, I was in last couple of years of college. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were reporting all these farm animals dead. And this, I can vaguely remember like hearing in the news about this and they're talking about the chupacabra And the other thing is, though, uh, like another incident, and this is like the only incident I think that that are that I've looked up in my long research of this um, happened in 1975. It was like similar killings in a town, um, but they attributed to it or town in Puerto Rico, but they attributed to El Valparima, like a vampire. (laughs) So they called it like a uh, El Vampiro de Maca. Hmm. Um, and that was the town, Maca, Mocha, Maca, that it happened in. And initially, you know, of course, being in 1975, they suspected it was committed by satanic cults. Of course. Like mm-hmm. all the deaths were satanic cults. And later, more of the killings around the island. Uh, many farms, like, reported loss of animal life. And um, basically, all the animals uh, reported to have their bodies like bled dry there was Mm. no blood or anything and small circular incisions wait a minute that sounds like the cattle Cattle mutilations mutilations. well there is some conspiracy theory that goes on with the chupacabra so again first thing that shocked me was 1995 okay as being the first reported chupacabra yeah it didn't get its name until puerto rican comedian uh, Silvio Perez credited is credited with coining the term chupacabra, which literally means goat sucker. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the one that talked about it, and so he's the one that that <laughs> named it chupacabra. So just ninety five. So I thought again it had been around as long as Bigfoot and and all the other you know kind of legends in the area. Uh, so as soon as they started reporting this, for, it's like. You know, went fast because 95, we're in internet territory oh, yeah. now. So it, it hit the internet and it just went. Poosh. And then the Dominican Republic, Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, Brazil, the United States, and Mexico started reporting chupacabra outbreaks. Oh my God. So, um, even like as, as recently as like night uh, 2018, there was like many reports of chupacabra suspected in India. Uh, domestic animals and poultry poultry was killed in a really weird, suspicious manner, and they attribute it to the chupacabra. So let's talk about what the chupacabra could be. And what I think it probably is, <laughs> like most people. Um, so there's this guy, goat ben- sucker. <laughs> goat sucker. Uh, Benjamin Radford uh, did a five-year investigation in 2011, and he wrote a book called Tracking the Chupacabra. So he spent five years pretty much like trying to find a live chupacabra, uh, interviewing all the people, interviewing like the first lady who saw, you know, and reported the chupacabra, right? <laughs> I thought you were saying the first lady, like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what year was that? I, was I like, don't know. Who saw a chupacabra? Was it Hillary Clinton in 95? I don't know. Bob or Bush? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it would have been the Bushes still. So, uh, so he wrote this book, and he interviewed the original eyewitness in Puerto Rico, Madeline uh, Tolindo. Yeah, <laughs> Madeline T. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, she, her description was the first description that I gave with the webbed feet, the claws, the spine, and everything. But she had just finished watching the movie Species. Uh-uh. So in Species, there is an alien creature named Seal who is very much like 
sucked, I guess, the chest, like mm-hmm. attached to the chest and has the spine. I've got a picture I'll post on the website. Um, and has like the webbed fingers and like very like creature the Black Lagoon kind of looking. So this. She except had, sexy. Except sexy, right? Yeah. So she had just finished watching this and whatever the creature that she saw, she started to describe um, the chupacabra with spines all on its back. And so there's very much kind of a similar resemblance to this. And um, so it's kind of like, it's weird. It's kind of like, can we really trust, Mm -hmm. you know, her description of the chupacabra, but you have the dead animals. Mm -hmm. So that's not something that she's fabricated or Mm -hmm. anything like that. So, you know, when he heard this and he put two and two together that she was like, you know, describing this creature that she had just seen on the big screen, um, he was like really seriously undermines, you know, he was worried about it undermining the credibility of the chupacabra as a real animal. But he kept at it and kept following like reports of blood sucking chupacabras, um, uh, that people caught, but they were never confirmed by like, was it, uh, necropot, necro, necropotsy, necro, necro's death rate. Yes. Right. So like autopsy, necropotsy, necro, oh, what's I don't know. the fucking word I'm trying to, autopsy? like autopsy, but yeah. Okay. I don't know. Let's anyway. just say autopsy. Autopsy. You can never confirm. I know. Necrophilia is love of the <laughs> Necro- dead thing. Necro. Necrology? Necro- okay, Necro- fuck pussy? it. Is that what you said? Hey! Necropussy. <laughs> yes. Is that oh, what wow. you said? Wow. Wow. We went there. Um, She's so dirty. I didn't. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> so no so they they dissected fucking dead animals okay okay well. and so they concluded that the animals were drained of blood but again they they have not like they've had eyewitnesses but they have not caught the chupacabra um and let's see so when he went to interview there was like two different styles or two different species of chupacabra i guess and that's what we were alluding oh, to okay. so there's the one that's from latin america that has like the spine and it drains the blood and then there's the one from america that resembles more of like um the coyote fox mm-hmm. wild dog deal and so, um, you know, they went to the University of Michigan, they talked to biologists, um, and what they found out is the chupacabra that was being reported in the U.S. largely was um, coyotes and foxes mm-hmm. and raccoons that had mange. Yes. And what uh, mange does, yeah. mm-hmm. and there were several, like, so, you know, they would, like, go in and they would... Like, there's several f- cameras of people catching weird-looking animals that they attribute to the chupacabra. And there's even animals that have been shot that they attribute to the chupacabra. Um, but every single time, it was basically um, a dog, a wild dog, a coyote, a fox, or some other animal that um, had mange. Oh, poor And mange what dog. mange does... And I read there's a video. There's actually um, I was like watching this. Um, it was like they have a wildlife cameras online. Mm-hmm. Let me find out what it's called real quick. In North Carolina, it's called the North Carolina Candid Critters dot org. <laughs> Candid Critters. And they have like all these <laughs> all these different cameras set up that records wildlife life, and they're trying to like catch you know weird you know, animals on it. And they caught something that they thought, you know, would have been a chupacabra and they showed it and they brought in a biologist, Jesse Burkhead um, from North Carolina Wildlife Research Commission. And while it does like, it looks alien, it looks really weird. Um, But she says, she's like, no, this is a coyote that has mange. And she talked about mange and it's really interesting. So, 
Mange basically is a parasite, and it's um, easy to catch, and it spreads. And what it does is it burrows burrows into the skin and inflames, and it can make the animal lose all of its hair. And it itches, Mm -hmm. and it gets, like, this rough, bumpy, leathery texture. Mm -hmm. And it makes, like, it tanks their immune system. It makes them feel really, really bad. Yeah, it's awful for them. they they get tired very easily. So what happens is they try to find food source that is very easy to kill, Mm. which will make them go out in the daylight and will make them go around houses that have like you know dog food Mm -hmm. and cat food and um dogs and cats and chickens and goats and what they will do is they like you can see like and and this is true because there was a mange fox that we had in our Mm -hmm. neighborhood and i saw it broad daylight and i thought that was just really weird and i didn't recognize it as a fox at first i saw Mm -hmm. a chupacabra (laughs) um But what happens is they'll get, just get really tired, and so they'll just lay down in your yard and go after whatever's the easiest. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of the scientific, um, what they found is the chupacabra legend oh, going on. I know. It makes you feel so, you know. And the blood drainage, they attribute that to... Uh, the animal this like a lot of times when dogs attack it's like they'll bite the animal in the throat and then they'll leave mm-hmm. and they'll wait for the animal to actually die and so when the animal dies the blood all congregates to the bottom and they say that farmers will come and like cut the animal to see i guess if it's alive i don't know why they're cutting the animal but they say like when they go and look the animal it looks like all the blood is removed but it's simply it's just what is it levit levit what is levitity levitity that's that's set in where the blood settles to the bottom of the animal so there's no blood in the um the wherever top, the places are they can reach to they cut. can reach to yeah. cut and also they said sometimes like they'll have internal bleeding which causes them again all the blood to like eventually you know drain out and not have or to the bottom of the animal and not have the blood there so that's what they're attributing oh. to like the puncture marks and the fact that um you know the dogs didn't just tear into them see but, i have never heard that dogs would Lead an animal. I've never heard that before. Or coyotes or or whatever. Um, So this is kind of like the chupacabra is like the first internet legend Mm -hmm. that has ever like been created. And that's why I thought it was like something that was like been established. Like the Native Americans. Yeah, because it's like we don't make legends. (laughs) We don't make legends. But it was. It was a legend that was created in in, uh, 95 and of course the internet took it and ran with it as it does and um but they you know completely explained it you know like this is what's happening mm-hmm. there's like you can have raccoons with like there was a thing in ten, uh, Texas i think recently that had like mange raccoons that had died and they were like thinking they were chupacabra and Aww. they did an autopsy um on it and uh they're like no dude this is just a raccoon and it was just suffering um but again the internet took it ran with it and um they're like you know they're talking about puerto rico like where it originated from and on puerto rico uh, apparently, there's a number of military animal research laboratories, or so oh. they say. And there's also, like, I don't know if it's on Puerto Rico, but it's, like, where's that big, huge radio, like, from contact, you know what I'm talking oh, about? The yeah. receivers, like, big government. The giant, like, dish fields ditch, where they're trying to, yes. like, send and receive waves. From aliens and, yeah. or whatnot. So that's kind of tied into the suspicion of, like, this is a government cover-up kind of deal we created this monster we created this monster there's talk about the chupacabra being aliens from another world and of course um you know anything it's like we've seen the owls pictures you know from the little the gray terrifying owl green pictures. men right oh and God, you know I even think about it 
they are terrifying. And then we saw that, um, was it harpy owl? The or? harpy owl is as large as it's a small s- child. Right. The with harpy the f- eagle. Yeah. The face mm-hmm. of it. Uh, that is just, just crazy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they're attributing a lot of uh, this to like outer space or supernatural. And even like they talk about the New Jersey devil um, adheres to the same physical appearance as the chupacabra and has the puncture wounds. Um, so they were like going all like vampire, vampire bats kind of deal with the chupacabra. So we will never know. Mm. But uh, the chupacabra, 1995, and is here to stay and be talked about and conspirized and mm-hmm. all the things. How is it that like the Florida version is a kangaroo? <laughs> I don't That's know. What, like, why Florida? I, I don't. Yeah. Now the idea of anything crawling out of the Everglades is 100% believable to me, right. to be honest. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, there but, was like an outbreak in like the um, Miami area a few years ago and um, they, they were like, Oh, it's the chupacabra. And of course, like the parents always like they grabbed hold of that. It's like, if you don't behave, the chupacabra is going to come snatch you away and suck your blood, mm. you know? So telling the children, Florida, man, you got a lot of stuff to tell your children. You can tell them about wrinkles, the clown. Oh, I thought you just meant just regular wrinkles. I mean, the sun really sun, impacts right. your skin. Exactly. Um, and then the chupacabra, mm-hmm. but, um, because they had a bunch of like smaller animals um, just die on the beach or, you know, something like that. I don't know if it was on the Holy beach. Shit. But if it was in Miami, it's everything's near, on the beach. It's near the beach. Yeah. Yeah. But that's my. You could, like, God, you could scare children in like with everything, with like real stuff everything. and fake stuff, wrinkles, the crown and the chupa, the crown, the crown <laughs> and the chupa, iguanas falling off of your roof onto your head. <gasps> oh my God. Have we talked about iguanas? That may have to. Iguanas may have to go. On go. The list. Um, yeah, they fell on the roof of the house we were staying at. Yeah, <gasps> Courtney has some the iguana stories. Maybe oh, we should do some after show talk. talk about the yeah. iguanas. Let's write that down on our chalkboards. Do that. All right, but, we're going to take a break. Yes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our website, thestrangesouth.com. All our social media links are there. And for extra fun and goodies, join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast. And if you love us so much that you want to support what we do and get bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes photos and videos, please consider joining our Patreon, Patreon, Patreon at www.patreon.com slash thestrangesouth. On to the unhappy stuff. No. Everybody got snacks so they could make it through my story. (laughs) Um, All right. No, I'm excited. That that was like a no. Oh, no, I know. I'm like a yay. (laughs) So um, this is a story that I've known for a long time because uh, my husband did a play about it. And I had never heard of it before I saw the play. And I just, I think I always assumed that everybody else always knew about it. I have heard like references to it since then, but maybe you don't. So if you don't, enjoy. But yeah, I'm ready. This is about that time that Irwin, Tennessee hanged an elephant. Oh, no. Okay. So strange, right? Right. Um, so I got a lot of my info for this from um, Blue Ridge Country, and I'll, I'll provide links and everything to that. But a lot of the, the best info is from them. There's a little bit from the Daily Mail, um, you know, but m- mostly it was that and a little from NPR. So, oh, yeah, and uh, Wikipedia, as always. As always. So Irwin, Tennessee is on, like, the eastern little tippy tip of Tennessee that, like, shoves itself oh, between it's a town. Virginia. I thought it was a person. No, no, no. Uh-uh. It's a okay. town. E-R-W-I-N. So it's like that little tiny, like, outshoot that's between Virginia and North Carolina, like that little bitty tippy tip. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and this story happens in, like, 1916. Okay. So the little town grows a lot in a very short time because of the railroad industry that starts to take up there and it gets kind of too big for its britches. So if you remember anything about that um, Pascagoula Phantom Barber story that we talked about, mm-hmm. like the war boom in the 40s and 50s, that's that's a lot like what was happening here. Right. Um, so there was a lot of change and that's a pretty volatile time in American history any t- anyway for a couple of different reasons. You right. Know? 
for um, all the reasons, <clears throat> pretty much. But this uh, is supposed to be about entertaining things like the circus. Wow. So the circus was really big in right. the turn the of the century. And Patrice right. has talked about the, this. The Muse Brothers. The Muse Brothers, the exactly. Shows. And they were Barnum and Bailey or Ringling. It was before they joined up, right? Do you they remember? They were several different. Okay. I, I don't remember exactly like whose they were under, but... Um, yeah, I don't remember. So these traveling shows were a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And they were a huge deal in the U.S. South. There were a lot of circuses. Um, <clears throat> it was that and the evangelicals. Yes. Tent revivals tent and revivals circus tents. And circus tents. Tent. All the tents. Tents, mm -hmm. <laughs> tents, tents. tents. <laughs> so this was a... Um, there was a, a smaller, you know... You know how, like, the Ringling Brothers... What was it? The... Um, Oh, what do they call it? The something ring circus. Anyway, Three ring. This is a two ring circus. <laughs> <laughs> we were both like, Three ring. Yes, I love it. <laughs> For 400, Alex. For 400. <laughs> um, this was called the Sparks World Famous Show. It was a traveling circus. Um, it was not Ringling Brothers. It was not Three Ring. Um, <clears throat> they had five elephants. That's a lot of elephants. That was actually their kind of claim to fame was that like that was the bigger attraction than and they also like all their advertisements were like, We respect the we never broke a promise and honest man comes to Sparks Circus. Red flag. Yes, exactly. So um, you know, that one of their their lead elephant in of their little five elephant herd was named Mary. And she was billed they were very proud of her because she was billed as the largest living land animal on earth which is redundant. And um, her owner claimed that she was three inches bigger than Jumbo, P.T. Barnum's biggest elephant. And it's so funny because now I'm reading this and thinking about evangelical tent shows and realizing that it sounds just like that Joe, uh, that the evangelical guy that I talked about in Florida that killed the kid. Like the, right. And he oh, yeah. was always about how his tent was like four inches bigger Ooh, yeah. than this other guy's that tent. That sounds very narcissistic. Yes. It, was it Joe Cole? It was Joe Co Anyway. Yeah. Joe um, Coe or some Co But yeah. it was Coe. Yeah. It was Jack Coe. Jack, Jack Coe. Co. Thank you. Yeah. Um, wow. So, in, I love Lara Bar. I love it. Bar. In in nineteen sixteen, Mary the elephant was five tons heavy and thirty years old, and she had been twenty five years with the circus. Um, <clears throat> she could play twenty five songs on the horn. She could pitch and hit baseballs and had a point four batting average, and Ooh. she could stand on her head. And um, there was one story that said that Sparks, the guy who owned the circus, I think it's Charlie Sparks, um, his father had bought Mary when she was like four, mm -hmm. which I assume means she was poached from, you know, her natural habitat, right. taken from her family and brought. And um, Charlie and his wife, Addie Mitchell, raised this elephant. And this story says she was treated like the child they never had. Mm. And I'm going to call bullshit on that. I, yeah. don't, I don't have any background on this. <laughs> But still, first of all, you know how they treated children back in that day. <laughs> right? So maybe they did treat her like the child they never had. Yes. Yes. Unpaid but listen. So working conditions. And mm -hmm. I don't go to circuses. My kids hate me for this. But I've never supported the circus um, because of, partly because of the way that they deal with animals. Mm -hmm. Mostly because of the way that they deal with animals. I don't go to the rodeo either. And right. because, like... The, the training methods that they use for these animals are inhumane, almost without fail. And so, like, the, in the stuff that I was looking at, there was one story of, like, an 1830s baby elephant that had to be trained for the stage to be on, like, a London play. And in order to make her, like, docile and, like, following instructions, her keeper decided to teach her that he was in charge by stabbing her in the trunk with a pitchfork. Mm. And then when I she, these people I know already. this is, we're all going to cry. I'm sorry. When she got terrified and ran into the corner, he followed her and stabbed her for 30 minutes until she was pouring blood. And then she never questioned him again. That's how they train animals, you know? And I know this was a hundred years before, but you know, even when, Barnum, like, you know, Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus, they're out of business now, I think, finally. Yeah, but in tw in 2018, maybe, they finally said that they were going to phase out elephants after all this time. And the reason they were forced to do it was because they had a whistleblower, like, contact the, the government and say, okay, they're using um, bullhawks 
whips, electric mm-hmm. prods, and fireplace pokers on these animals. They're fucking wild animals. They are. They're, they I mean, they cannot, they're elephants. They're elephants. They cannot be tamed. <clears throat> and they, they would like, they, they take babies from their mothers. That's the way, you know, that's the first way that they condition them. And then they force them to stand tied up without moving for 23 hours straight. And if they move, they are punished. They're forced to work sick. They're forced to work injured. And that was in the 2000 teens. So if you think about how it was a hundred years before this, we're going to guess that maybe it wasn't like raising a child, unless you hit your child with bull hooks, which may not have been that unfamiliar. Um, so this was 1916. Um, Oh my God, computer, computer, what are you doing? All right. So, um, spark circus used long spears with hooks at the end of them to train their elephants and they hired people to train their elephants or at least to work with their elephants who had no training no business even being with wild animals um so on september 11th 1916 um the spark circus played saint paul virginia which was in what what's called the Clinch River Valley. So it's right there at the near the border. And while they were there, they hire this new worker, and his name is Red Eldridge. Um, he has been riding boxcars because he's a you know he doesn't have a, a home or anything like that, and just kind of picking up odd work wherever he decides to stop. So that's why he's in St. Paul. And here he comes and sees that there's the circus in town, and thinks, okay, well, this would be an interesting way to get from one place to another. So he signs up and says, I'll I'll work for you. Instead of just, you know, having him put up tents or clean under seats, they hired him as an underkeeper for the elephants, a second, the secondary animal keeper for the elephants. Okay. And underkeeper um, sounded really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he, so, you know, that very afternoon that he gets hired, he marches in the parade with the elephants because they do a parade to announce that they're in town and drum up business and everything for the shows that they're going to do. Um <clears throat> So uh, the next day on September 12th, the circus moves to King, Kingsport, Tennessee, which is just a few miles over the Virginia border, to do the parade again, drum up business, trying to get people to go to the show. And this is uh, Kingsport also is just north of Irwin, which is the city that I was saying at the beginning. Um, so Blue Ridge Country is the website that I searched, the publication that had a lot of this. They searched oral history tapes from the archives of Appalachia at East Tennessee State University. I think we've talked about that in a couple stories before. Mm -hmm. And so the details about what actually happened during this parade on September 12th are really hard to pin down because as they were so fantastical, like it was so weird and unusual that everybody's story immediately got told again, 50 gajillion times. Mm-hmm. So there are a billion different versions of what actually happened. Mm-hmm. But some of the, some of the ones that people continue to tell now and rely on the first version was that after the Kingsport performance, Red Eldridge was a assi- red Eldridge. The drifter was assigned to ride, marry the elephant to a pond And there was a man named W.H. Coleman who was interviewed in the archives. He said he witnessed this at the age of 19. And here's his quote. There was a big ditch that run up through Center Street, and they'd sent these boys to ride the elephants. And they went down to the water, and then on the way back, each boy had a little stick. And this is the elephant prod. This is the hook stick that they carry to keep them in line. Um, And this big old elephant reached over to get her a watermelon rind. About half a watermelon somebody had eaten just laid down there. And he did. And the boy who was with him gave him a jerk. And he's talking about Mary the Elephant and, and Red Eldridge. He pulled him away from the watermelon. And the elephant just blowed real big. And when he did, he took him right around the waist. So this Mary the Elephant takes Red around the waist with her trunk. And throwed him against the side of the drink stand. And he just knocked the whole side out of it. And this guy says, I, I guess it killed him. But when he hit the ground, the elephant just walked over and set her foot on his head. Mm. And blood and brains and stuff just squirted all oh, over the street. Damn. Like, done with you. I know, right? It's like, don't get between me and my watermelon, motherfucker. There are tellings of the story that said that Eldridge, like, rode the elephant in the parade and prodded her. And she grabbed him and threw him off her back into the crowd. Right. Um, there are stories that said that he didn't just hook her in an uncomfortable way. He beat the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. There are stories that say she gored him with her tusks, mm-hmm. like, impaled him completely, trampled him and tossed him around. 
and some some say that she just you know he walked too close to her and she just got mad and hit him in the head and killed mm-hmm. him that way but one way or another there's no question that red eldridge is dead right and he's dead in public right and <clears throat> So the crowd all starts to scream because everybody sees this and you know how crowds are. So they, I'm sure, all just run to where the screaming is. Right. Not to help, but, you know, in our day to take video or, right. you know, yeah. to memorize the uh, the details so they can go tell it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And a local blacksmith grabs his his gun and opens fire on the mm-hmm. elephant. But from I, I didn't realize this. I kind of thought that this was like a fairy tale, but apparently regular bullets do not penetrate elephant hide. Right. And so no, elephant guns are like, yeah, they are guns serious. They're reason. like, yeah. So people in the entire crowd are suddenly just screaming for this elephant to be killed. Um, and Charlie Sparks is trying to regroup and get his people all together and try and kind of get them in an organized situation so he can decide what to do. And he hears word really, really quickly that a vigilante group is is coming to take the 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 elephant down with a relic Civil War cannon if he doesn't do something about it himself. So he's looking at this, and I was like, "Cause you know, what do we do well here? Lynching." Right. And um, so Sparks is facing more than the loss of this elephant that he is supposedly supposed to care about. He is facing a public outcry and the possibility that all of his business down the road in this tour is going to be lost because cities that are two stops away are saying, if you bring this elephant here, you're not going to perform here mm-hmm. already, like within mm-hmm. 24 hours. And so, um, people start rumors that she has killed 18 people before. I mean, like all of a sudden this mm-hmm. elephant has, and she becomes murderous Mary. If you look that up, that's how a lot of people refer to her. Um, so they say that she's like a blood, you know, bloodthirsty killer elephant. And um, he's like, okay, I, I am going to have to, I'm going to have to kill her. And the problem becomes then we're in East Tennessee. How the fuck am I going to kill an elephant? Because there's no gun that's going to take her down. And so he's got to come up with something else. And some people start saying, okay, well, you're going to have to electrocute her. Which seems weird, but apparently in Coney Island, just for kicks and giggles, they fucking electrocuted an elephant called Topsy not that long before this. Mm. On purpose? On purpose. Um, But they couldn't figure out a way to get that kind of voltage here. And so somebody says, hey, listen, down in Irwin, they have a rail yard. So what if we tire to two trains and just pull her in opposite (gasps) directions? (gasps) Holy fuck. And so they dismiss this as too cruel. Which is fair, though the solution they come up with really isn't a whole lot better than that. Um, They decide to stick with the rail yard idea, though, and hang her instead because she's five tons and Irwin rail yard has a hundred ton Derrick car, which has a, a crane on top that can lift a locomotive boiler. So it's strong enough to pick her up. So they decide that that's what they're going to do with the elephant. So the day that she's scheduled to be executed... And it's weird because, like I said, I saw this in a play, right? And a lot of a lot of the people who were around at that time or have looked back at this, like, from now, have looked at this as a really weird kind of, like, moralization of animal behavior. Because it's like they're saying, you know, in, in his mind, he's saying, well, they're saying she's a danger. I'm going to lose money. I've got to kill her. But it sounds like there was kind of some sort of idea that because she killed someone, she has to be morally punished. Like she's being hanged as a human would have to be hanged. Circus and eventually. Very weird. Yeah. Just that they already have control of her, right? Yeah. Okay. And so the day that she's scheduled to be killed, she doesn't perform in the circus matinee. The matinee goes on without her and they chain her outside the tent. And she listens to the entire performance that she has been trained to perform in and everything is strange for her. So she's just like shaking back and forth. Mm. She's swaying. She's nervous. She knows there's something wrong. Yeah. And the because cir- she'd fucking get beat if exactly. she didn't do the stuff that she was trained for. Yeah. And so she's by herself outside. And the circus actually announces during the show that people can come to her execution at Clinchfield Rail Yards in Irwin for no extra charge after the show's oh, over. Oh, no. So, yeah, I know. So between 2,500 and 5,000 people show up at the rail yard, depending on whose story you listen to. Um, 
most of them like try and stand on top of rail cars that are just parked there or on top of buildings because they're all convinced that like she's going to go mad and attack everybody, which would be fine. Um, it says there was the NPR article that was on it recently said that not everyone was happy about it. There was one rail worker that refused to participate because he told his friends he worked the night shift and was worried that killing the elephant would haunt him on his night rides, which Fair is enough. reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, she was forced to the rail yard with the other four elephants because the way that they got them from one place to another was trunk to tail. So they led all of them there. Then they chained her foot to a rail and they moved the rest of them away. Oh. And she had to stay. I don't know if I can handle this more like I know. I know. This is why I haven't done this one yet. Hmm. But I was in a I was in a bind this morning. And I was like, I know this story. No. Yeah. Um and you know, it is it is super fucking weird. And I mean it's just fucking weird. Um, there was a newspaper account from the Knoxville Sentinel that said it took two hours to get the chain around her neck because she wouldn't stand still and the people who worked for the circus, the handlers, um, didn't want to force her. And all these circus people are standing around the edge crying because they've known this animal for 25 years or, you know, some of them. But I mean, she's been in the circus for 25 years. Um, So the chain is attached and hooked to the crane and they hoist her up. Um, uh, They forgot to unchain her foot from the rail. So as they pulled her, they slowly and painfully broke and dislocated her foot. Mm -hmm. And then they used a narrow chain. So the chain breaks and she falls and breaks her hip. So she's in shock, sitting on her haunches like a rabbit, according to one of the people who witnessed this. Then they hook her up again and haul her up again. And it takes 30 minutes for her to die. And this is reasonable for some reason to people. There's a famous photo. some people at least. Yeah. There's a famous photo of the animal hanging from the crane. And there's questions about its authenticity. The, the newspaper article, I couldn't find much on it, honestly, in the newspaper, but the newspaper article I found specifically said that it was too dark to take photos, but people were taking them anyways. Mm-hmm. So if it's a photo that's actually real, it's probably doctored somehow. Right. And other people have said, she does she have tusks? Does she not have tusks? Like, we can't really tell if somebody... One way or another, whether it's fake or real, it's it'll make your stomach turn. To see this photo. There's something really, really, really wrong with looking at this. Mm. Um, So they had already dug a grave with a steam shovel around about 400 feet away. And they turned the derrick and dropped her into it. And then a vet came down and examined her to make sure she was dead. Um, And there are some stories that people tell that said that she had two abscessed teeth when they examined her to make sure she wasn't breathing. Mm -hmm. And that she was hurting really badly when Eldridge prodded her in the mouth with his hook. (sighs) And that's the reason she went freaking crazy Oh man! because they hadn't been taking care of her. So over the course of time, there's been lots of, I I, I'll give you the song. Somebody has actually written a song about this. There are lots of plays, lots of plays about this. Yeah. Um, There are lots of retellings in books and there are fictionalized, (laughs) I was going to say fictionalized accounts, but what I wrote was fictionalized accounts. <laughs> there are fictionalized accounts of this. Um, some mistellings of the story, though, it's interesting because these are locals telling these stories to other people down the road. There are some locals who have regularly mistold this story in a way that conflates the lynching of this elephant with another incident that occurred in Irwin, which was a black man who allegedly abducted a white girl being burned on a pile of cross ties at the rail yard. Holy fuck, I'm done. So we're all having our stomach turn about this elephant dying on a crane. Mm -hmm. So let's think about the fact that we did this to fucking people every fucking year. Mm -hmm. And with impunity and acting as though we were right or moral or, you know, doing the public good. And that's what we should all be sick about. Mm -hmm. So some 100 years later... um. Irwin doesn't like this story now. (laughs) There was a long time where there was one antique store in town in Irwin that was called the Hanging Elephant Antique Shop. And I will give you a photo of the mural of the elephant (gasps) hanging from a crane that they painted on the side of their building. Oh, my God. They sold T-shirts of this and memorabilia of the event. And thank 
the living Christ, the store is now closed and Ugh. everybody in town seems to be in support of the store now being closed. Right. Um, so the people of Irwin don't really care for this. Um, in the mid 20 teens, the rail yard where she was hanged shut down mm -hmm. and they lost 400 jobs. Mm -hmm. And so the town's trying to reinvent itself. And it's like, so what do people think of when they think of Irwin? Mm. They think of this horrible thing that we did to this elephant. Right. And so, um, they were kind of trying to reinvent themselves and NPR. It's funny. Recently, I hadn't really thought of this in years and years and years. And recently NPR within the past, like three or four years, they did, a, um, a podcast competition, I guess it's a student podcast challenge for high school students. Oh, cool. And there were students in a nearby town from Irwin, not in Irwin who made a podcast that was about this story. And they kind of galvanized some of the public in Irwin to act again. And there's an organization that was created in the town that was trying to kind of make amends as best you could for, for this. Mm -hmm. And so they had in 2016, a week long series of events that celebrated elephants. And in, um, that first year, the town, you know how like, uh, different towns have like the fiberglass cow or dolphin or whatever right. that's like, and local artists will paint it and it'll mm -hmm. be all around the town. And then they sell them for charity. Right. So they did that with, um, with elephants Cool. And, um, they paid nearly $9,000 for artists to come and paint these. And then they were displayed all over town and auctioned off. And in the first two years of that event, Irwin donated $20,000. And luckily outside of Nashville, there's an organization called the Elephant Sanctuary of Tennessee. And that's where their money went to. Oh, okay. Cool. So they, Irwin is actively, you know, trying to pay something better forward. Mm -hmm. from this incident and they're constantly like it wasn't us it was kingsport like right. we didn't do this it was those people but still but still right there's plenty of bad to go around so um right. so anyway uh oh god i'm gonna give you a link yes if you want to support the do elephant it. sanctuary of tennessee i'm sure they take donations so i'll give you a link to that do and a couple actually different articles. have elephants there at the sanctuary i believe so yeah oh wow um so, and I think Irwin may still be doing an, a, a rotating annual, like this elephant decorating uh, auction oh, thing. Oh, wow. Okay. And I, I think they may still be doing that. So um, that's interesting to look for. But mm -hmm. yeah, there you go. That's my bummer story about Ooh. the fact that we hanged an elephant in Tennessee. Mm. Wow. Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, there's elephants there. There's elephants there. Yes, it's in a name town that I can't. Say twenty five years. Yeah, Hohenwald. Oh, Hohenwald, Tennessee. Wow. So yeah, there you go. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. Please well, come back again. I'll see later. you later. Bye. 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 Sparks Brothers Circus, they smoked on the cheap cigars. Two-bit traveling circus, 10 to 15 railroad cars. With a not-so-high high wire, some leaks around the tent. Educated sea lions, four or five elephants. And in the Clinch River Valley, little mining town. Not too far from Kingsport, there's no one still around. They can tell it like it happened. Just stick to the facts, not get mixed up with legends, or start filling in the cracks. Red was Mary's handler, they'd hired him that day. He rode in on a boxcar and decided he would stay. He got a job as a janitor at the Riverside Hotel. Till the circus came to town, he bid everyone farewell. He knew nothing about elephants, but what was there to know? They were big, they were dumb, and they walked kind of slow. They had trunks for grabbing peanuts, to stuff them in their mouths. And they figured that was pretty much all you need to know about them. So they handed Red a stick for the afternoon parade. 
Only once did he whack Mary It was his only mistake She wrapped a trunk around him And threw him to the ground She stepped upon his head There were children all around Now contrary to rumors She was never tried She never was convicted Of any homicide She never went to prison No one sentenced her to hang Like the storytellers told And the singers often sang Front page in the papers From Statesville to Little Rock Barbershops to filling stations Mary was the talk Sparks Brothers Circus They couldn't be gone around With such an unpredictable creature They would have to put her down And they said they fired bullets But it was too small a gun They tried some electricity But she wasn't even stunned It was all done in the spirit of good, clean, family fun In the entertainment business Give the people what they want They should marry in a rail car To Irwin, Tennessee They advertised a hanging Three thousand came to see The ringleader announced Would be in the railroad yard When the matinee was over There'd be no extra charge They left her hanging half an hour Till somebody got her down People got their money's worth Pity the poor clowns Weren't even smiling When they dumped her in her grave That had been dug by a steam shovel And was as big as a cave Mary lies They don't want the attention The lawsuits to arise She never went to prison No court sentenced her to hang Like some storytellers told it Some singers often sang They smoked only cheap cigars Two-bit traveling service Ten to fifteen railroad 